Good morning to each one of you. If you would turn in your Bibles to Psalm 23. Uh, This is very familiar, but I think we will read it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I would like to uh, ponder uh, this psalm uh, a bit this morning. I don't think I've ever uh, preached uh, on this psalm before. I don't have any memory of doing that. Uh, Who who wrote this psalm? I can think of maybe three, at least three correct answers. Uh, Who wrote this psalm? Okay, David the shepherd. Okay, so he got two of my answers in one <laughs> shot there. Uh, how many of you read the Conquest books by James Landis? Any of you read those books? Okay, he uh, wrote those books from what perspective, from what person? Someone? A Native American, yeah. Okay, applying that to this psalm, who wrote this psalm? A sheep, yeah. This psalm is written by a sheep, of all things. Yes, David is comparing uh, his life as a sheep and the Lord as his shepherd. So we want to keep that in mind. That's very much how this, how this is written. Sheep uh, were a part of David's mindset throughout his life, and, and it comes up different times. And we'll look at those briefly before we go into this psalm. Uh, when he was faced with Goliath, uh, he said this, David said unto Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep, and there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of the flock. I went out after him, and smote him, and delivered him out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them seeing he hath defied the armies of the living God. David said, moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, he will deliver me out of the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said unto David, go, and the Lord be with thee. David had confidence in facing Goliath because 
the Lord was his shepherd. That is the only way that he had confidence. The Lord had saw him face impossible situations before and was victorious, and and he had confidence that his shepherd would do it again. Many years later, uh, Saul, uh, uh, David, David numbered the people. Uh, and it, it's, a sad, it's a sad situation. Um, there, was no, there was no good reason for having done this, but he did it. And, uh, and then God, uh, through a prophet, told him that, that this was wrong, and, and he gave him three choices of punishment, if you remember that. And, um, and it really put David on the spot. How do you choose? Because there were no good options out of those three. None of them were good. And then David says this. David said unto Gad, who was the prophet, I am in a great strait. Let me fall now into the hand of the Lord, for very great are his enemies, but let me not fall into the hand of man. And then even, even as he was in this sin, he trusted the Lord because the Lord was his shepherd. And, and it goes on to say, the Lord sent pestilence upon Israel, and there fell of Israel 70,000 men. Now, we cringe about what's going on over there in Ukraine, but there's estimates of what? Anywhere from 15, 20, 30,000 people, maybe. 70,000 people just in a day or very short period of time. And then, then David says this, and this, this is where you, you, you capture David's mindset of sheep. He says, David says unto the Lord, it is not, is it, is it not that, is it not I that commanded the people to be numbered? Even I it is that have sinned and done evil indeed. But as for these sheep, what have they done? Let thine hand, I pray thee, O Lord my God, be on me and my father's house, but not on thy people, that they should be plagued. So, so David here is very much seeing these innocent people dying for his sin as innocent sheep. It's, it's very much a part of his mindset. When, when he had that, fell into that sin with Bathsheba and uh, thought he covered his tracks and he thought he got away scot-free, uh, he had to know better, but but he, was, he had deceived himself, and Nathan the prophet was sent. And I'm assuming, uh, as a prophet of the Lord, him and God were communicating about how to, how to approach the king. And, and he uses, again, he uses the perfect story to touch uh, David's heart. I'll just read a short part of it. Uh, describing this poor man that had been robbed of food to feed the stranger. He says this, But the poor man had nothing 
save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought, which he had bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him and with his children. It did eat of his own meat, drank of his own cup, and lay in his bosom, and was unto him as a daughter. David could identify with that picture very well. He knew exactly how that looked, how that felt. He, he did that, most likely, in, in his uh, years as a, as a shepherd. And it stirred up the feelings in, in David, exactly the feelings that God and Nathan wanted to, to stir up. So with that picture in mind of uh, David writing this psalm as a sheep and, and having that as very much a part of, of his life and his, his thought processes, we want to to look at, at this psalm. I'd like to uh, ponder uh, the, first, the first five uh, words of this psalm, and, and if, uh, if you would kind of follow with me, I think I'm supposed to take this thing with me. Now, if, if you... Uh, that this, this, these first five words here, if you were choosing one of them to emphasize, to underline, which would you choose? It changes the meaning a bit, where you put the emphasis. Does someone, someone have a suggestion? Where, which, which of those words would you underline? Lord. Lord, okay. Let, let's do that. Okay, Lord. Now, what, what does that do? The Lord is my shepherd. What that's saying is, I as a sheep, I'm not following the biggest ram, I'm not following the bossiest you, but I am following the creator, the redeemer, almighty God, the alpha, the omega, the Lord. The Lord is, is my shepherd. Okay, let's, uh, let's just do something different here. Let's, let's go here. The Lord is my shepherd. Now that changes things just a little, doesn't it? What does, what does that do? The Lord is my shepherd. It's not saying the Lord was my shepherd. The Lord will be my shepherd. The Lord could be my shepherd. It's, it's the here, the now. It's reality. The Lord is. The Lord is my shepherd. Let's, let's go, keep coming across here. What about that? The Lord is my shepherd. That's, that's a little different yet, isn't it? We could say, or David could have said, the Lord is a shepherd. He could say, uh, the Lord is their shepherd. The Lord is our shepherd. 
All of those would be true. But no, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. He makes it personal. He makes it part of his experience. Okay, let's, let's go over here. The Lord is my shepherd. That he's, he's not saying he's my king, he's my master, he's my creator. All those things are true. But what he's saying is, the Lord is my shepherd. And that's the perspective that he, he wants, wants to share. Fifty years ago, uh, at Red Run Mennonite Church, <laughs> I heard heard that, uh, and that has always stuck with me. When I read that, you can it it, it brings a fuller picture as you emphasize the different the different uh, words. And and I think in my life. At different times, I would underline different words. <laughs> it, it would meet my need at a certain time with a different word underlined than maybe at another time. Let's think about shepherds just a little bit. Um, there's so many scriptures about shepherds. We certainly can't touch on them all, and I can see already I'm running out of time very rapidly. Um, Isaiah 40 is, is one of the most beautiful pictures of a shepherd. Uh, Isaiah is talking about people as grass. People just wither away. I mean, they're just, they just wither away like grass. Nations. You know, we, we think of nations. We're thinking of them right now, Russia and Ukraine. And nations are a drop in a bucket. Less than nothing, I think he says. But then he goes on and says this about God. He shall feed his flock like a shepherd. He shall gather the lambs in his arm and carry them in his bosom and shall gently lead those that are with young. That's the Lord. That's the heart of a shepherd. Uh, his sheep are way more important than grass and nations. He, he holds them close to his heart. I was going to read John, John 10, uh, Jesus talking about how he is the good shepherd. Uh, we, we won't have time. Uh, that's a familiar, uh, a familiar passage about the heart of a shepherd. Let's move on to this phrase, I shall not want. The Hebrew word translated here uh, is used a number of other places in Scripture, and I think it helps us understand what, what David is saying here. Uh, in Nehemiah, talking about the children of Israel uh, traveling through the desert for 40 years, Nehemiah says this, Yea, 40 years didst thou sustain them in the wilderness, so that they lacked nothing. Their clothes waxed not old, and their feet swelled not. For 40 years, they wore the same clothes. They did not wear out. They had food 
and their feet didn't swell, walking in the desert, hot sand, for 40 years, and no swollen feet. The word they lacked is the same word. I shall not want. There's, there's no need that's going to be withheld. Remember when Elijah, the, the, the three-year, or was it three-and-a-half-year famine, uh, and Elijah was by the brook, and the ravens were feeding him, and then he went to the widow, and the widow said, hey, I'm, I'm just about out of meal and oil. I, I just have enough for me and my son. And, and Elijah said, well, go make one for me first. And then he says this, For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, The barrel of meal shall not waste, neither shall the cruise of oil fail, until the day that the Lord sendeth rain upon the earth. That's the same word. It will not fail. You will have all you need till there's rain. The psalmist here is declaring his confidence in the faithfulness of the Lord in meeting his every need. Because the Lord is my shepherd. That's what shepherds do. Meet the needs of the sheep. He goes on and explains what that looks like to have the Lord as a shepherd. He speaks of the green pastures. You know, what do sheep do in green pastures? <laughs> it maketh me to lie down in green pastures. I, I have sheep and I move them to different paddocks and and when I move them into a new paddock, they just, they just get almost frisky and rush in there and sometimes jump in the air and, and start eating grass. Uh, that's, that's what sheep do in green pastures. But here it says, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. You know, we teach dogs to sit and to lie down, but I never heard of anybody teaching a sheep to sit or lie down. The only way that that sheep lie down in green pastures is two things. They have to feel safe, no danger. Uh, they have to be satisfied. They eat all they want, and then they lay down and start chewing their cud. And if you children never saw that, you should sometime watch a cow or a sheep chew its cud. It's, it's kind of amazing. Contentment is the picture. Contentment is a prerequisite for lying down in green pastures. David goes on and describes farther this, this lack of want, uh, the still water. Again, it, it's, a, it's a safety concern. The green pasture and the still water results in restoring the soul. Uh, there's green pasture, they eat grass, they drink water, they lie down, they chew their cud and rest and are restored. The, the psalmist is, uh, is describing what it means to not, have, to not have want. And then he says he leads them in, uh, in right paths. In righteousness, the Lord delights in satisfying our hunger and our thirst for righteousness. The shepherd always leads in the paths that he knows are right 
the best way to get from here to there. And it will always honor his name. Now, verses 1 to 3, David is talking about the shepherd. Verse 4, he switches and he starts talking to the shepherd. And, and that's, that's an interesting switch. In verse, he starts saying, uh, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He's no longer talking about the shepherd. He's talking to the shepherd. He leaves the peaceful settings of contentment and describes uh, the fearful things. Some of them real, some of them imagined. How many of you were ever hurt by a shadow? Does, do shadows hurt people? No, shadows don't hurt people. How many of you were ever afraid of a shadow? All of us have feared shadows. Uh, so, so he's not only... Uh, protecting these sheep from real fears, but imagined fears. And sometimes maybe we have more of those than the others. Uh, Sheep fear anything sudden or loud. Uh, If I stumble over a piece of baler twine or something, (laughs) they they just dash off, and or if I sneeze or anything like that, we'll... Will, uh, will scare a sheep. The psalmist here is describing a deep trust and comfort that is unshakable in spite of danger all around. I'd like to talk uh, just a few minutes about enemies. Uh, throughout David's psalms and throughout his life, he had lots of enemies. Um, he was a man of war. Uh, he fought Goliath. The Philistines, the Ammonites, the Jebusites, the Amalekites, and the list could go on and on and on. Unfortunately, David's enemies came much closer home than than those folks. Some of the very people that he should have been able to trust uh, were his enemies. His king, his father-in-law, Saul became jealous of the respect David had uh, among the people. Remember the ladies singing and how that, that really vexed Uh, Saul. And uh, scripture says, and Saul was yet the more afraid of David, and Saul became David's enemy continually. Some of these problems, obviously, David uh, brought on himself, uh, but others he was very innocent of. Um, And I never experienced my father-in-law coming after me to get me. It just, it's never happened. And I can't imagine any one of my three brothers out to get me. I just, I just can't imagine that. I've wondered, you know, when Saul was hunting David like an animal, where were his brothers? I don't think scripture tells us. Which side were they on? Were they on David's side or were they hunting David? I have to, had to always wonder that. They didn't always like David that well. Um, maybe they were part of Saul's army. David obviously made mistakes with Absalom. Scripture is clear about that. But I I cannot imagine one of my sons getting an army together. Let's go. Let's go get dad. I, I can't. I can't wrap my mind around that. The amazing thing here is that in in spite of all these enemies, 
that, that David had um, from near and far and them being present, the presence of the shepherd dispels the fear. That's, that's the amazing picture that, that you get here. How, uh, you know, this preparing a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The enemies were there. They were present. But, but the presence of the shepherd, who is the Lord, uh, dispelled the fear of the enemies. His head was anointed with oil. His cup was running over. Goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days I live. It, it made me think of that scripture where it says uh, in 1 John, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Somehow David had this deep confidence that all these enemies, and as scary as they are, the presence of the Lord his shepherd was greater and brought peace and comfort to him. There's there's nothing forever about sheep. (laughs) Ask Laverne, sheep die um, for no reason whatsoever at times it seems. And at best they live, I don't know, 12, 15 years maybe. Um, There's nothing forever about sheep. But this sheep has forever plans. He, he talks in the, in the early part of the psalm, he talks about this, this shepherd that is meeting his, his every need. And, and then he talks about the danger and the fearful things and, and his presence there helps him through that. And then he returns to the peace and contentment towards the end. But now, it's not just as long as I'm laying in the green pasture. Now it's forever. It's no longer, uh, the, the whole sheep analogy breaks down, and now he's talking about human being. He's talking about his own life. Forever, I will dwell in your presence, Lord, because you are my shepherd. In conclusion, uh, the verse that maybe has come to your mind already, all we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. Uh, We're very much, each one of us are very much sheep just like David was. We can experience the contentment. We can live without fear, uh, regardless of the shadows, the enemies, the danger, the evil around us. We can live without fear. We can experience the goodness and the mercy of the Lord because the Lord is my shepherd.